Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hi, Patrick. How's it going? Good, Jeff. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. We're... We took last week off. I had to get my car worked on. It's all good now. Thankfully, it was just stuff that was under warranty and that needed to be fixed, but I couldn't get it in. The only day I could get it in was uh, last Monday. I could have gotten it worked on while we were away for Thanksgiving, but it seemed like it was going to be more of a hassle. So I'm like, no, I'll just take it in and we'll just we'll take an extra little week. You know, we didn't take a week before Thanksgiving. We'll take one post. So all good. How was your Thanksgiving? How were things? How did your how did your chicken experiments go? <clears throat> so I sent you the picture of the air fried and yep. pressure cook. The the outer part didn't turn out like I thought it would, like it did during the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. I think all of the season and stuff, maybe the air fryer blew it away. So, but, but compared to what was in the oven, of course, there's no air. So everything was still yeah. intact on top. So it looked better. But per my daughter, she tried mine first. Had good flavor and tender. Both were tender because I tried them both. Yeah. And, but just the way it looked. It didn't meet my satisfaction as far as how it looked. Gotcha. So I was a little disappointed there, but still tasted good. And yeah, I think that's really all that matters for the most okay. part. Nobody got sick. Hey, yo, that's the best part. Yeah. And Thanksgiving was good. Like that week I picked Kyle up that Wednesday. I had to take my mom's car because my car the night before tire pressure issue. And when I tried putting air in it, it kept coming out. So I stopped. <laughs> You know, just so I could make it home and then was able to get that fixed on Friday. And so I was good there trying to make it to February so I can get fresh new tires. So since I got the certificate, they were able to fix it in no charge. Yeah. Which was wonderful. And uh, but overall, Thanksgiving was good. Ate well, you know, the itis. It's always. Yeah. Around the, around the holidays, you get the itis and just kind of lounge around and spend time with family. And so it was good. How about yours? Yeah, pretty good. We we went to visit my mom in Missouri, and my brother and his family came down. We had a pretty fairly chill time. Cold. It was definitely cold. Yeah. That wind was kicking down there. I don't know how it was here, but it was definitely kicking up there. We we went to Silver Dollar City Black Friday, and that was apparently a big mistake because everybody else was there too and it was just so crowded i got so tired of people bumping into me and stepping on me like there would be like a wide open area for them to be able to go through and they're like not i mean just bumping into me and like wow telling asking me to move like a few would actually ask me you know i'm like well there's literally just go around two feet you're there's a wide opening but okay i'll move I just, got, I, I just get so annoyed by that stuff, and that's yeah. why I don't like crowds. That's some of the different from videos I show. Like some stores, Black Friday was just empty, yeah. like no one there. And, yeah. And but I guess you had the tough spot of having a crowd. Man. Yeah. And it was cold, and it was just a cold day there. Just because yeah. people go to Silver Dollar City <clears throat> after Thanksgiving for all the Christmas lights that light up and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was so busy. See, my brother went on two rides. York went on one ride. Grayson went on her 
little kid's roller coaster one. Anytime, any other time we go there, she can ride that thing to her heart's content. As soon as she gets out of line, you know, as soon as she gets done, she could just go climb underneath the rail and get back in line and go again. Yeah. This time she had to wait 20 minutes just to go once. And then she didn't go on another ride. Wow. Yeah. It was just that kind of busy. But yeah, it was, it was, it was still enjoyable though. Everybody still had a good time. I was able to watch most of the Missouri Arkansas game while there. The Wi-Fi at Silver Dollar City is not the best and neither is the cell phone reception. So my streaming wasn't super great, but it was still, it was fine. They, they still put the hurt on, on Arkansas. And then when we got back, when we got back that night, I ended up just going and re you know, because it records on Hulu. So, yeah. or I have it set to record on Hulu. So I just went back and rewatched it. <laughs> it helps. It helps when they win, when they lose, I really don't care to rewatch it, but they win, I'll go back and rewatch it, put it on again. Right. And then found out yesterday, they're going to the cotton bowl in Dallas. They're playing Ohio State, so that's going to be, oof, that's going to be a rough one. Yeah, gonna be but it was great. Yeah, it was great though because on Saturday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I got to watch the Michigan game with my brother. My brother's been a lifelong Michigan fan ever since he rooted for the Steiner brothers in WWF back in the eighties. Yeah, that was his. That was one of his two favorite. That and Legion of Dune were were his two favorite tag team duos and so he'd been a michigan fan ever since so yeah. it was good to watch that because that was an intense game because they were playing ohio state and to watch them win that was great because that was a how oh, that was a close game so and then michigan goes and wins the big 10 against iowa yeah and i mean shut them out 26 nothing yeah everything just went their way yep and the upset for the SEC, Alabama squeezed out a win over Georgia. And I'm going to say squeezed because they only won by they won by a field goal. They okay. squeezed out a win, but a win's a win. True. Missouri squeezed out a couple and wins the season too. So I can't. I'm not one to talk, but but so now now Michigan's going to play Alabama for the championship, and I've never wanted to root for Michigan more. Yeah, we. We have coworkers that are huge Bama fans, and they're not as bad as some of the ones I've I've seen that are just so obnoxious about it, and I just hate it so much. <laughs> so I'm like, I really want to. So my brother sent me a text yesterday. It says, "Beat Ohio State." I said, "Destroy Bama." We each get we each get what we want, <laughs> right? So so that'll be great. Missouri plays December 29th, and of course, Michigan plays New Year's Day. And then there's you know, other football games that also go on somewhere in there. But all in all, everything went well. Yesterday was York's 13th birthday. I officially have joined your group. I have a teenager. So welcome. Welcome. Or a screenager, as I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has finally come. We went to a Korean barbecue place, which it tasted good. It was my first time going to one. Mm-hmm. But I I felt, at least for me, that I paid, that we, you know, we as a group that went, paid a lot of money to cook our own food. And I could do that here for free. <laughs> so you cook your own? Yeah, yeah. They put it, they have like two, you know, that they have like grills built into the table. Mm-hmm. So you, they bring out the protein, whatever protein you want. They bring it out and then you have to cook it. 
Wow. It, I mean, it, they're bringing it out. I mean, like, you could eat as much as you want. Okay, yeah. but you have, like, a two-hour window to eat, basically. And then, uh, yeah, you have a two-hour window, and you can't take anything home. Well, eat there, and whatever you don't finish is... Yep. Yep. Wow. Is it. Unless, you, unless you're like York and have a hoodie and then put a bunch of dumplings and, and napkins and then put them in your hoodie. Let's bring some then, then, Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Some so exactly. And... That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I was like, man, just bring some Ziploc bags. You'd be all right. But yeah, yeah I just, but for me, like I felt like I spent most of my time handing food to people. Yeah. I was either cooking food or handing food to people. And yet I still like, and yet we're still expected to tip like for for wheeling up food and filling up drinks i mean right i mean I, I get it but at the same time i don't feel like i should have to tip too much like i should tip we, me <laughs> tip us exactly <laughs> take a discount for cooking the food that y'all don't have to cook yeah you don't have to worry about if it's undercooked or overcooked because we did it so y'all have no liability yeah. <laughs> exactly i'll be happy with that yeah Again, it nothing against the food itself is yeah. good. It's just the concept is not for me. I, I was like, yeah, I'm glad this is the one. To, I'm glad he enjoyed it. You know, it's his birthday and everything. But uh, just to come back on any other time, no, I'm good. No, it was like a cool <laughs> one-time experience. Yeah, exactly for me. Yep. And then, then after that, we went and played paintball, and I survived. Is all I'm going to say. And I didn't do half bad. I didn't do half bad. I think the only time I was one of the first ones out was because I still had the safety on. Ah. Gets everybody. Yep. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was stupid. But otherwise, I, yeah, otherwise good. I mean, York had a blast. Again, that's something I would want to do a lot. And especially, you know, in my late 40s as well. Yeah. I'm definitely sore today. And not sore from like paintballs, but just sore from like crouching, bending over, you know, not stretching. Yeah. And, you know, using those rested muscles. Exactly. But otherwise, you know, I'm, otherwise it was, it was good. It was a good time. So it's good. It was a good time. Everybody, everybody had a blast. Grayson got, Grayson and Ruth got to watch from where the, you know, from where they were sitting. So, yep. York enjoyed his presence and everything. So, it was good times had by all. That's good. So now we are now we are nestling in for the holiday season. And I've already started my holiday movie watching. Just like last year, we have a we'll say a tentative agreement to have another Christmas episode with our good friend Dustin Rubin from Two Dollar Late Fee, who was able to join us last year for to talk about our holiday movies that we've watched. So he's already started his holiday movie diary on his Instagram feed. So go check out Dustin Rubin over there. And if you're interested in what he's watched and with a brief synopsis and what he thought. So definitely a shout out to brother Dustin. So, yep. And I think that's about it, my friend. Ooh, all right. So trailers. I would say we had a monster couple of trailers come out yeah specifically the godzilla x kong times kong i don't currently multiply i don't maybe it's got if it's godzilla times kong i i don't want i think that's a different kind of movie 
Yeah. I don't know if it's kind of like anime that it's just Godzilla Kong or yeah or cross kind of like right kind of like Hunter X Hunter yeah it's just Hunter 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 Hunter. yeah Godzilla Kong yeah but it looks good it looks like a good buddy cop movie I like it yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it's the team up I don't know if anybody was asking for but we're getting and and honestly I didn't even know we were getting another one this soon. Yeah, I knew they were. I knew they were working on it, but I didn't know it was like to the point they had a trailer. It's like ready. They're yeah. ready. Yeah. Like, all right. So yeah, Godzilla versus or sorry, Godzilla X Kong colon the New Empire rise together or fall alone. Oh god, that's a god awful tag on. I hope they fix that. <clears throat> it's coming out April twelfth. Basically, there's a new. We're introduced to a new Kong. That's. Uh, yeah. I think, like, what do they call them? Scarred Kong or something like that? I don't know. But it's, like, more like a like orangutan color, more of, like, an orangish mm-hmm. black or whatever. So you can tell a difference. Anyways, I guess that one's trying to, I guess, claim, claim Kong's throne. He's stirring up a mess, and so, you know, Godzilla's pink, so, you know. Barbie. <laughs> yep. So, you know, no more blue. Blue, blue flame or blue spikes were getting pink. This, maybe uh, maybe this that's movie. what it is when you got, you know, other monsters trying to beat up your buddy Kong, but Barbie starts at seven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like, God dang it. Because uh, I am. But, gotta gotta yep. go as I am. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, don't say a word. Exactly. That's just, shoot just, just, <laughs> just, just roll. Just roll. Let's go with Rebecca Hall reprises, reprises her role. And Brian Tyree Henry as well. Dan Stevens is in this one. And Kaylee Huddle will also reprise her role as Kong's best friend. Yup. But, you know, I'm here for it. I've been enjoying the hell out of the Monarch TV series on Apple TV+. There's been a couple of times I've gone back and rewatched an episode or two because I'm trying to... Because <clears throat> I've actually gone back and started with the 2014... Godzilla, mm-hmm. and then Kong Skull Island, and then Godzilla King of the Monsters, and then Godzilla v Kong, and rewatched all of that, and then rewatched the Monarch series again up to the current episode, okay. just to see how they've interwoven everything. And it's just they're doing a great job, I think, and I've really just been enjoying it. <clears throat> this last one though, so Wyatt Russell plays a younger Kurt Russell in the timeline, which is great casting. I mean, why, why spend all that money on de-aging somebody when you just hire their kid? Yeah. And so I was like, that's just perfect. They seem to start doing that from the jump. Anyways. Yeah. Like you got a kid that's got a kid around the, you know, around this age. Yeah. 20 something year old. All right. All right. Do they look like you? (laughs) That's all we care. We don't even care if they can act. Yeah, that was like, like yeah, we'll work on yeah, that. Yeah, it's fine. We'll 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 build around it. Look at Paul Walker's brother. We've been able yeah. to do it for a couple of years now. Yeah, we got yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But no, the series. So this last episode had had Kurt Russell in Antarctica. I said, well, this didn't turn out too great from the last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to I'm watch. Just it. Saying, you know, <clears throat> just saying because you know anybody that that was a. In case anybody didn't catch it, that was a reference to the movie The Thing, in which Patrick talked about an episode or two ago. Yeah. So, 
I was like, damn, he just he needs to stay away from this continent. Right. So. Yeah, I need to catch up on the series. There's also Godzilla minus one in theaters now, which is okay. Yes, I almost went and saw that last night, but yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't happening. <laughs> I'm lucky I was able to stay up to watch Candy Cane Lane as it is. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I was going to be able to make it to the theater at the amount of time I had to go see it. I'm hearing some really good things about it, like saying oh, that I'll probably go tonight. Yeah, <clears throat> saying it's I'll have it to talk about next week for sure. Yeah. For yep. sure. Yeah, that's one of the many that was on my list for this past week. But the weekend came. It was rainy mm-hmm. and cloudy. I'm like, yeah, I wait. Yeah, exactly. Next in the next sequel that <laughs> coming out is Furiosa. Furiosa. I can never. I'm never going to get that right. Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. I, they didn't even need to put that in there. They roads didn't. Anyways, this is a prequel slash origin story to Charlize Theron's character from Mad Max Fury Road. This is the origin story of renegade warrior Furiosa before she teamed up with Mad Max and Fury Road. Starring Anya Taylor-Joy as Furiosa and Chris Hemsworth as Dementis. With some weird nose prosthetic going on. You really, I don't think you really needed it, but okay. It, I mean, it looks ridiculous in a good way, a good kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> this story probably will be kind of a little thin on the plot armor, but it, the action looks great. I mean, I'll be there. I mean, yeah. Oh, I forgot to say, no, I did say, uh, yeah, Godzilla King X Kong, the new empire, April 12th for that release. Furiosa and Mad Max saga is set to be released May 24th. Also written and directed by George Miller, just like Fury Road. Should be another spectacle to watch. Again, in a good way. So, yeah, it's going to be good. And then uh, lastly, the latest installment from Blumhouse, Night Swim. A woman swimming in her pool at night is terrorized by an evil spirit. All you need to know. (laughs) Sounds like it should be Uh, a short, like a little 30-minute short. Right, right. And we're done. Written and directed by Bryce McGuire, starring, speaking of Kurt Russell, his son Wyatt Russell will, will be in it. Terry Condon, Emily O'Farrell. And yeah, so it it looks, looks spooky for sure. Forget the ocean, stay out of the pool. Right. But see, that's the, that's the thing. We don't have a good pool cleaner. This is what happens. The demons infested. Yep. Exactly. They're like, you know what? We like this. We're good. TV. We had we got a trailer for the video video go, video game turned TV series Fallout. In a future post-apocalyptic Los Angeles, citizens must live in underground bunkers to protect themselves from radiation, mutants, and bandits after nuclear annihilation. I know absolutely nothing. I'm going to go ahead and tell you about this. Never played the game. I've seen the clothes and you know the all the other pop culture stuff. Yeah, I, I've never played it, so I know nothing. But I do yeah. know that Walton Goggins is in it and Kyle McLaughlin's in it, and I don't recognize anybody else. So, yeah, I think I have. Yeah. A, I have a game that I played maybe ten minutes of, so <laughs> I yeah. also know very little, very little of this. But 
everything that I've seen from the trailer and from the stills, you know, has shown that it looks pretty like they're trying to stay pretty accurate to it. That also drops April 12th on Amazon Prime. And then season two of House of Dragon, if you're still interested in that, looks like summer 2024. And season two of Halo, I'm not sure if I really want to watch, but it'll be out March 24th if you enjoyed the first season. I think I'm just kind of like, yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. And then coming coming out this Friday, there's a final trailer for Leave the World Behind that'll dr- that will drop on Netflix December 8th. And I think that's all we got for trailers that I can remember at least. So one thing before I get before I go into my first movie, I love the podcast Unspooled with Paul Shear and Amy Nicholson. First, they first did the AFI Top 100 movies. And then after they completed that, they just kind of started going through a lot of their favorites or ones they feel like were not on it, but they feel like should get some recognition like they might. Mm-hmm. So I listened to, because I had a seven-hour seven drive, I listened to like five episodes. I listened to the Hugh Frame Roger Rabbit episode, which is really interesting. Bullet starring Steve McQueen. So, of course, I was like, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I need to go rewatch it. Yeah, iTunes had it for five dollars. I just got it. And it's pretty interesting how just the steps that it went through just to get that made and that nobody wanted Steve McQueen. They wanted other people. And he's like, no, I'm going to be the one starring in it. I'm going to help produce and I'm going to be the one starring in it. And yeah. And then I listened to the American Psycho episode and realized I'd only watched it the one time. Like I haven't seen it in a while. I need to see it through a different lens as an older, you know, someone that's now older. And yeah, it's still not a, it's not for me, but I, I get it, but it's just not, it's not going to be one that I'm just going to be like, yeah, I really like, oh, this is all. No, it's just, it's okay. Christian Bell's ridiculously good in it, but it, it's just not when I, yeah, it's just not interesting to me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, again, I get all of it and, and and all that stuff, I just and what it's about and the themes and all that. It's just not one. It's like okay, yeah, I'm good after this. Yeah, not for you. Nope, not for me. And I'm trying to think of what else I watched. Hmm. Can't remember. I, there was but there was like five episodes. I'm like, oh, I haven't watched that in a while. Oh, I haven't watched that in a while. Yeah. And but they were. And, oh, I listened to the Fight Club one, which I have watched that one recently, but. I loved listening to that episode. That was such a great episode. And they hit on a lot. They hit on a couple of the themes. I'm I'm still efforting trying to get everything together for the book about movies made in 1999 that I would like to do as short and brief as it may be. But they hit on a couple of the same points I was kind of hitting on or that I'm, you know, wanting to focus on. So that's another good one. So I ended up listening and also rewatching a few older ones. I also watched, I finally got around to watching the equalizer three and yeah, I, I, I dig, I dug it. I, I, I liked it. It was interesting for sure, but homeboy doesn't play in this one. I mean, he doesn't play in any of the other two, but this one, like he's not wasting time. <clears throat> he ain't got time. I don't, he's, he's not just, giving too many warnings or like, Hey, I'm giving you a show okay. chance. It's like, not that up at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I did find, I did kind of find the ending slightly anticlimactic. Yeah. I kind of expected to last a little bit longer, but 
that's kind of how I felt with the second one. You know, I thought yeah. since, you know, Pedro Pascal and Denzel's character worked together, I thought it would have yeah. been more. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. And second one's probably my least favorite of the three. I tried to rewatch the first one mm. and it was off of streaming like the next day. So I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. I was like, okay. dang it. It's been a minute. So I kind of wanted to go back, but no, I, I third one's pretty dope. Get a chance to watch it. Definitely recommend it. It's, it's wild. Yeah. I think the second one would bother me is, you know, the first, first one and the third one, he's bald. Second one, he has hair. <laughs> and I yeah. think it's like, yeah, maybe if he, maybe if he was bald and that would have been better. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it uh, it's all good though. It's yeah, it. But I I, I did enjoy it though. <clears throat> it is a solid action movie. All right, let's get into it. I watched Wish. I took Grayson to go see Wish. We didn't get a chance to go see it when we were down for a visit. Also, Grayson was going to be the only one that wanted to go see it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk anybody else to going to see Napoleon. So I didn't get to go see Napoleon. <laughs> I was like, really? No teenager wants to go see Napoleon? No, no preteen or teen wants to go see Napoleon. That's just wild. <laughs> They're like, nah. Uh, fine. Go see it on my own. And I haven't had a chance to do that yet. But it's all good. We, anyways, so Grace and I went and saw Wish this, this past weekend. So as I, as I was describing the movie Wish to Ruth, she goes, oh, so it's a Disney circle jerk. That's her exact quote unquote. Because as everyone knows, this is the Disney celebrating its 100th year. Yeah. So we'll get to that. So the movie's rated PG. Runtime, one hour, 35 minutes. It, it did drop uh, November 22nd. A young girl named Asha, which means hope, wishes on the star. And gets a more direct answer than she bargained for when a troublemaking star comes down from the sky to join her. Starring the voice talents of Ariana DeBose as Asha, Chris Pine as Magnifico, Alan Tudyk as Valentino, Angelique Cabral as Amaya, Victor Garber as Sabino or Saba, which means grandfather in Hebrew, I think. Asha means hope in Hebrew. Natasha Rothwell as Sakina. Jennifer Kumiyama as Dalia. Harvey Guillen as Gabo. Nico Vargas as Hal. Evan Peters as Simon. Rami Youssef as Safi. John Rudnitsky as Dario. Della Saba as Azima. And yeah. So. As you can see, the names are kind of very have like various different sound like they come from various different places. So this at the beginning of the movie, it talks about this being an island somewhere in the Mediterranean. The this king who learned to do magic basically helped and told people that he can he could grant wishes mm-hmm. and. From his due to his you know magical powers and everything, by doing that, more and more people wanted to come and live at this island because they heard about the king who can grant wishes, and so that's how the settlement that's how this island gets settled, and that's why there's people from various 
different countries and, you know, backgrounds yeah. that settle there. So every year the king has, it's like a yearly, he picks one person in the village or on the island to grant a wish to. And Asha is actually interviewing because she's a tour guide. She lives with her, with her mother and with her mother and her, her grandfather, Saba, who is turning a hundred. There's the diff. There's one of your first Disney references. He's turning a hundred, much like Disney. And so she's hoping that the King will grant his wish as he's, you know, turning a hundred and he's, been a you know a loyal you know faithful loyal citizen that's never gotten any had been any problem yeah and it turns out asha is also a tour guide so she gives tours of the city and everything then but she was getting ready to interview to be the king's new like apprentice which is a it's not really that far of a stretch to say this because the king is also kind of like a sorcerer she would then become the sorcerer's apprentice like Mickey. Yeah. Fantasia. See where we're going here? All of Asha's friends, all seven of them, each one shares a characteristic from one of the seven dwarves. I'm not kidding. What really struck me was just because how much the tallest one looks just like Dopey. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's a right. You know, it, it took me a minute. And then as I'm paying more and more attention, I'm like, Oh, that's a reference to that. Oh, that's a reference to that. Oh, this is just a movie of... They made a movie to reference and basically pay homage to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> as a, you know, as a corporation, <laughs> more or less. Now I understand. Uh, to, help ce- to help celebrate their 100th year, They this is their 62nd or... I think I'll double check. Animated film. So, yeah, so there's, and it's not, it tries to not beat you over the head, but you meet a bear named John, which is reference to Little John from Robin Hood. There's a rabbit that shares a lot of traits from Thumper from Bambi. There's a deer named Bambi. Wow. Yeah, I mean, some of them are a little more obvious, and some others you're like, oh, okay, I kind of get that. There's a scene where there's a quill that starts writing on a piece of paper and starts drawing the Mickey Mouse ears and face. And then yep. a pair of scissors interrupts and then cuts it up and everything. There's another reference when there's like fireworks shot up into the air and then shoots like the Mickey ears. So, <clears throat> again, there's a lot of references to various different Disney animated movies. There's one shot where they're, where the guy that looks like Dopey is holding up the goat like holding it straight up and it looks like Rafinki holding up Simba mm-hmm. on Pride Crock. So there's a lot of Disney Easter eggs, I guess you could say, or as Ruth calls it, the Disney circle jerk. So they're, they're I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. Now this doesn't take away from the movie. The movie is, itself is cute. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when Asha finds out that the King Basically, he's taking everyone's wish and is kind of just leaving it up. And it's like in these balls, like, you know, like crystal balls almost, but they're not crystal. Mm-hmm. But and you can see everyone's dream. He puts them up in the, you know, up in the like the ceiling. They kind of just float in this mysterious area. 
and he wipes their memory so they don't even know what they wished for. Wow. So if you so basically he could say, I granted you this wish, you know, like the person he picks instead of her grandfather, who looks like who's dressed as the hunchback of Notre Dame and wants and enjoys playing the little mandolin. Yeah. Things like that. But <clears throat> he when she finds out that he basically like the person he chooses, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm granting your wish to be a seamstress where you can, you know, build, you know, design and and make clothes for, you know, for the for the, you know, for the village. When that's not what she was, you know, what her actual dream was, but she doesn't know. She just thinks that's what it is. How oh, that's dirty. Yeah. Because he's just wanting the power, you know, he's wanting the recognition that he's doing, you know, that he's a, a real leader. Meanwhile, the queen kind of senses something's up. Yeah. And she really likes Asha. And so as they, so Asha ends up wishing upon a star. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So yeah, so when she, the star then comes down to try and help Asha. And then one of the first thing the star does is makes it to where the animals talk. And then one of the things Asha has to help, you know, has to do like to help. So when the, when the King finds out that there's a star that's down here, he's like, I have to have that star because I need that hour from it. Okay. And so it then becomes the whole battle between the two of them. And the only way that she can help everybody because she wants the star to help everybody have their dreams back, you know, so they can make their own dreams come true. By So what it does is if it gets released back to you, you know, you could basically just grab it and then hold it up against your, your heart. And then it goes back in there. So, yeah, the, I like the movie as a movie. The music's not very strong. Okay. So music, uh, there's one song, I think it's called you're a star or something like that. It's like the main song, kind of like the let it go of of this song or of this movie. That one's good, but all the other ones kind of are a miss for me, at least. I didn't really care for them. Grayson really liked this movie, which I'm glad. Whereas I thought it was okay. Animation itself. She even Grayson even made a comment during the movie. She goes, why does it look like a book? You know, like a storybook. And I think it's done that on purpose. It's. It's made to look like it, like an like the old storybooks, like from from like the Crusades and stuff like that. The that kind of art style mm-hmm. of pictures, and I think it, I think it succeeds with that. It, and it's different. It's not something we've seen before. I don't know if it's my kind of style, but again, I didn't dislike it. I just it. It's an interesting, it's, it's a fine movie, yeah. but kids will like it. Kids will like it. If you love Disney animated movies, you'll, you'll enjoy it just to pick out the different Easter eggs. And then you go, let me, you go, let us know if you think it's a little over the, you know, if it's like beating you over the head with it in the credit, when the credits roll, there is a post-credit scene actually, or I guess, yeah, there's a post-credit scene. It's, I don't know if it's worth staying all the way for it, but when it comes to streaming, just fast forward through the credits and you can watch it. It just 
But yeah, there is like, I guess, a post credit scene per se. But during the credits, it shows the beginning. It shows the different Disney animated movies, not all of them, but through time, like from Snow White and then ends with Strange Planet. Mm -hmm. So it does show those on the sides while the credits roll. So you could pick out, you know, you can sit there and do like we did and just name the different movies and everything. So, yeah, not a bad, not, not bad. I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it was just areas that could have been a little bit stronger. Spend a little more time with. Okay. <clears throat> First movie I'm going to talk about. I uh, checked out the movie Saltburn. One thing, the trailer does a good job of not really giving a lot away because walked in and know very little <laughs> considering yeah. the reveals that happen as the movie goes along. So this movie was released November 17th and it has a runtime of two hours and 11 minutes directed by Emerald Fennel and it stars Barry Keoghan as Oliver Quick, not Twist or Quinn, Quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jacob Alordi as Felix, Rosamund Pike as Lady Elspeth Hatton, who's Felix's mom. Richard E. Grant as Sir James Hatton as Felix's father. Then you have Olive, Allison Oliver as Venetia, who's Felix's sister. Archie Medeque as Farley, Felix's cousin. And then Carrie Mulligan as Elizabeth's friend, poor dear Pamela. And Paul Rise as Duncan, which is Saltburn's butler. So it's about a student at Oxford University that finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. So it starts off with a cool little one-shot of Oliver Quick entering the grounds of Oxford University and just basically falls into his room. And while he's getting checked in, he spots Felix on the outside and just is kind of enamored with him. But, you know, he's a scholarship student, but he doesn't really have the same connections that other students have. and kind of stands out as being different as far as the style of dress. And he just doesn't, you know, most of the students there come with wealthy parents and, you know, he kind of has issues fitting in. So he eventually strikes up a friendship with Felix after going to the library to return some books and sees Felix kind of sitting on the sidelines with his bike on the ground. Felix tells him his bike has a flat tire and he's late for class. So Oliver offers his bike for him to use. And then later on, they meet up at a bar. Felix notices Oliver and calls him over and says, hey, you saved my life and this, that. So he offers him to join their friends at the table, which a lot of people aren't really fond of, of Oliver. Gotcha. But, you know, he's he's kind, Felix kind of accepted him. So whatever. Farley really doesn't like Oliver. So he talks him into buying a round of shots for everyone. And so Oliver goes to the bar doesn't have the money for it, tells the bartender, I'll pay you tomorrow. And then Felix basically comes up, says, hey, you dropped money, which he's paying for, but he kind of covers for him, says, hey, you dropped this. I was going to take it, but I'm going to be a good person and return it to you. So that kind of works out. And so they just start to hang out. And But Felix's friends don't care for him, wonders why he's always showing up. And even over time, Felix himself kind of gets frustrated with Oliver and they kind of distance themselves from him. Until Oliver gets a call from his mom saying that his dad was in an accident and has died. So he goes to Felix, he's crying, and shares with him what happened. And so Felix kind of feels sorry for him. 
and it's around summer. And he kind of, and Fe- I mean, Oliver gave a story to Felix about how his parents are addicts and drunks and they're not really well off financially and it's bad at home. So with it being around summer, Felix offers Oliver a chance to come, you know, stay with his family for the summer. And so he gets there, meets the family, pretty much welcome. But of course, Farley, his cousin lives there. He's not happy about it, but kind of goes along with it. And things seemingly go well, but Farley spots Oliver kind of making a pass at Felix's sister, Venetia, and catches them doing some hanky-panky and Mm -hmm. tells Felix, which Felix is kind of not happy about that because one, you're his guest and, you know, you shouldn't be messing with my sister like that type deal. But, you know, still water on the bridge, everything's cool. But then there's like a bit of information that Felix finds out about Oliver that changes things. But because the family has agreed to throw a party for Oliver, he says, you know, enjoy the party, but tomorrow you got to go. And from there, some some things happen. That's that's all I'll. Gotcha. Yeah. It's it kind of they call it a dark comedy, which is pretty dark. <laughs> Black comedy, rather. And a bit of a thriller. <laughs> yeah. It's dark. <laughs> it gets dark. There are some moments that happen that are kind of a little disgusting in a way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give that away. But there's just some questionable acts that Oliver does in this, and especially toward the end of the movie. But as far as performances, you know, the cast does great. I'm sure there's going to be some nominations from this actor, supporting actors, all that. That's, that's definitely going to come from this. Maybe even best movie feature film. But it's different. It's weird. Somebody had two people walk walk out of the movie because <laughs> it's a it's a slow burn. Like it's really yeah. Slow. Is it so, a salt burn? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're probably about 15 minutes in, maybe 20 minutes, and two people get up. The lady was like. You know, I'd love to watch this movie with no sound except for the mu- music and then just stomped out. Right. And so this it's not going to be for everyone. It's one you got to stick with because by the time mm-hmm. you reach that certain point, things start to make sense. And, you know, you're still at the end of the movie. I think you're going to be scratching your head like, what what the hell did I just watch? Almost like an gotcha. A24 movie. So yeah, A24 yeah, yeah. Without being A24. But it's interesting. Like a couple of folks sitting next to me that were kind of I don't know. I think they were they were young, maybe like early twenties. So some of it was, so I guess, I don't know. It, it's just the reactions were different. Two people walked out, and others were kind of laughing at moments that I didn't think were funny, but they were odd. It's kind of yeah. like how like you have a kid watching something, and it's their kind of like their reaction, like, "Oh, what is yeah. you know, what's going on here?" But it, it's interesting, weird, and I don't know. I don't know if I'd watch it again. I don't know. Gotcha. I think I might. They could probably shave off about 10, 15 minutes from it just because it does. It's a slow burn. Yeah. But it's not a bad movie, but it's not going to be for everybody. Gotcha. Yeah. Directed by Midge from Barbie. Wow. <laughs> there you go. And Ari and actually did, produced it. She, He's one of yeah. the producers. <laughs> so I was like, eh, kind of. Okay, yeah, there we go. So I think he was originally going to direct it, but then they brought in gotcha. the other director. They released the movie earlier. Forget the title of it, but once they saw that movie, they said, "Let's bring him in and let him yep. write his movie." There you so go. That was an interesting tidbit. Okay. 
Here we are. I'm going to talk about our first Christmas movie of the year. (laughs) (laughs) I watched Candy Cane Lane on Amazon Prime. Rated PG. Runtime, one hour, 57 minutes. This is almost a two-hour movie. And I legit was sitting going, I don't, I don't need to sit through a two hour Christmas movie. One thirty, give me, give me one thirty, and I'm good. But at the same time, as I keep thinking about that runtime, I'm like, I don't know what I would take out of it though. That's the thing. Yeah, everything in the movie seemed necessary. This came out December first on Amazon Prime, starring Eddie Murphy as Chris Carver. A man is determined to win the neighborhood's annual Christmas decorating contest. He makes a pact with an elf to help him win, and the elf casts a spell that brings the 12 dates of Christmas to life, which brings an unexpected chaos to town. So this certain area of the street in El Segundo, California, is, I guess, known for its ridiculous, over-the-top Christmas decorations that everybody's trying to out top the next house and so much so that it's going to be brought like they're having the con- the contest is going to be broadcasted on a cable channel like it's going to be streamed for the competition it's going to be like a whole weekend or something like or yeah it's like stretching out like the competition starts on this day you have three days until you're judged so you really have to do something even more spectacular than what you start with. Because it is a Christmas movie, everyone's going to have a Christmas theme name in this family. Just like Eddie Murphy's character's name is Chris. His wife's name is Carol, played by Tracy Ellis Ross. His daughter, Joy, played by Janaya Walton. His son, Nick, played by Thaddeus J. Mixon. And his youngest daughter, Holly, played by Madison Thomas. His oldest daughter's getting ready to go to college. She runs track, which it's it didn't hit me till I just said that she runs track. And this is December, and there's a whole track meet going on, which to me sounds like it's not during track season. It's usually a, I would imagine a spring event, if anything. Does it get cold in California? It does still, yeah. but I mean, it doesn't get like. Okay. But still, like I mean. And, and it's outdoors. It, it kind of has to run. Like if you have national, like if you have, if you have like nationals and stuff, yeah, you would need it to happen everywhere. You know, kind of be around the same time everywhere. True, I would imagine. I don't know. Anyways, it's a Christmas movie. We whirl with it. Anyway, she's wanting. He's wanting her to, or basically the whole family's like USC. You know, we're doing US. We, you know, you're going to go to USC. She wants to go to like Notre Dame because she wants to get away. You know, she wants to go, you know, learn, but also get move away so she can you know, have her experience. Space. Other things. Yeah, yeah, just get away from the family. He's like 30 minutes away if you go to USC. Come home for dinner every night. It's like, yeah, I don't want that. And, you know, he's having a hard time with that. He also, Chris, Car- Chris Carver, also gets laid off at his job. Mm. Meanwhile, Carol is going up for a promotion to be the, not just the regional director, but be the like national director of whatever job she has so it's basically just going from regional to all over so she's trying to put in for that job and yeah so yeah so we have julian bell that plays pepper the elf so as they're as chris and holly are driving around trying to get decorations and stuff and think supplies every place is selling out they even there's even a joke in which chris goes to like a what looks like a target and they've already got their valentine stuff out 
He's like, are you kidding me already? I'm like, yeah, man. Imagine how we feel as Halloween people and you already got your Christmas stuff out and not even Halloween yet. But yeah, I digress. It's like, feel, feel it, man. It's, it happens to all of us. Yeah. Anyways, while driving around, they come across this like little shop underneath like a highway, like the weirdest place to have a shop. They go in and it's just Christmas, the like really done up, looks really cool and festive Christmas store. And so she says she could help them win this cup, you know, if you have the right reason, you know, she can help. And then she's ringing them up, you know, this receipt starts printing out. And then he puts the, you know, he pays for it with his car. She goes, okay, I just need your signature in this box. He's like, well, and she goes, don't worry about all that stuff. That's just the fine print legal stuff you don't need to worry about. Yeah. And so he starts to, starts to sign it. All of a sudden, you, know, you hear this noise and everything. She kind of goes, stop it and then you, it stops and then she goes okay continue to sign so he signs you know and, she, and then they're like we on this big huge thing and while they're in there they see this like little city little like one of those christmas city like a village there you go christmas village and they have like little figures she makes a comment about you know that that one's my favorite don't you know we try not to touch any of that stuff yeah well we find out later those figures come to life her favorite is pip who is played by nick offerman there's also Lamp Lighter, Ga- Light- Lamp Lighter Gary, played by Chris Red. There's Cordelia, played by Robin Thede. They're the ones that, as they later find out, well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Chris and Holly get this big, huge, it looks like a, almost it looks like a life or a ginormous pomade, pomade can. That's what it reminds me of, or a shoe polish can. Yeah. So you, know, you follow the directions and everything. You have to make a wish, you know, it's like a, it's a partridge and you have to rub it and then make a wish. His wish is to have the best Christmas ever for his family and to win this competition because the competition, there's hundred, $100,000 prize. Hmm. Okay. So he's doing that because since he lost his job, he could put all of his effort into this and then they would still be fine, you know, yeah. until he could get a job. But for, for the time being, this will help with all this other stuff. And so he makes the wish and everything, and then he has to peel the tab, which then opens up the can, and then the levels pop up, you know, 12, well, yeah, 12 levels pop up, one for every, you know, day of Christmas, so to speak. Mm-hmm. When they had the ceremonial light-up thing for the competition that night, it just shines bright and everything. It's, like, really loud or really bright. And so the next day, they go out there, and on every level that had the pictures of each day of Christmas, he notices they're all gone. He thinks someone stole them. But what had actually happened was all of those came to life. Okay. So he goes back, goes back to talk to Pepper, and it turns out that he has essentially till 8 p.m. Christmas Eve to collect all the golden rings. So he thinks, okay, there's just five of them, five golden rings. And they're all attached, and they're attached to the different days of Christmas that have come to life. Mm-hmm. So whenever you grab one of the golden rings, the, the, whatever one you're capturing, then turns back into a, like a wooden picture. Okay. So, but if he's unable to get all the rings before, before that time, he turns into one of those characters. There's his pressure. <laughs> fine print. Yeah. He's like, man, nobody reads fine print. <laughs> no. <laughs> so with the help of those, you know, with his new friends, his new talking friends, they, he actually breaks him and Holly actually break in and they help rescue them 
and they take one of the little house things and then bring him back to his garage and they start trying to develop a plan. And he finally has to break it to his wife and his other two kids as to why, (laughs) as to what's happening. And so they all have to try and work together as a family to, you know, be like Sonic and get all the rings. (laughs) It's really cute. It's really cute. It's funny. I love Jillian Bell anyways, and she's great as playing the villain. There is a great cameo as for who, for the character that plays Santa Claus. I don't want to give it away. Everybody should enjoy that. And also one of our favorites, Ken Marino plays Bruce, the obnoxious neighbor from next door from across the street who has all the inflatables, all the Christmas inflatables. That's his entire thing. That's his, that's what his entire place is decorated with is just, just inflatables. So nothing really creative, just as many inflatables as possible. And he's won the past three years, which Chris hates. And so he's, it's like they're friends, but frenemies, I guess. I guess yeah. is a good way to put it. And they always have box wine over there instead of having good wine. So it's just like. <laughs> and comedian Angela Johnson Reyes is also in this movie, too. It's it's cute. I would rewatch it again. Timothy Simmons is also in it, who I enjoy. He's great in this as the, one of the people hosting the show of the Christmas competition. And Danielle Pinnock who's also his co-host. She's she's hilarious. I dig it. But it's a fun Christmas movie. Nothing to take to, you know, nothing too serious. It's it's fun. Chris Rudd is really funny in it. And, you know, not bad. It was filmed. The house is used. The, like the set was the same. It's the same set they used for Desperate Housewives. Those were all the houses from that show. And with Wisteria Lane. So, thank you. Wisteria Lane got turned into Candy Cane Lane. <laughs> but it's really cute. I, I I would definitely recommend it. It's fun. Right. Got a correction to make. I said Ari Aster with Thalburn. Nope. Ari Aster's supposed to direct Dream Scenario. Oh, which, gotcha. is, which is my yep. next entry. Dream Scenario. Released November 22nd of this year. Runtime of an hour and 42 minutes. Directed by Christoph Borgli. And it stars Nicolas Cage as Paul Matthews, which I think some of the trivia, this is his sixth movie. He's had six movies come out this year. I think I've watched four. Oh, of them. wow. <laughs> yeah. If you count Flash, I guess seven, even though he's not technically. Okay. But yeah. uh, let's see. Julianne Nicholson plays his wife, Janet. Michael Sarah plays Trent. Tim Meadows as Brett. Dylan DeLula as Molly. And then Dylan Baker as Richard. So a hapless family man finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. So Paul Matthews is a college professor. He lives a relatively modest, normal life. You know, I guess maybe kind of boring. Yeah. Not a lot of excitement. But one morning, his daughter is revealing that for the third time he's appeared in her dreams. And what stands out is that each time he does absolutely nothing in the dream. Like her dream is like just a lot of random. They're sitting by the pool. He's raking leaves and Mm -hmm. she's sitting in one of the chairs and random stuff just falling from the sky. Set of keys, shoe, a person. Uh, He just like, yeah, it's all right. Everything's cool. And then like they show in the trailer, she starts to float away and he just watches her float. (laughs) And so that's, that's literally her dream. She wakes up. So he finds it weird. Like, cause it's like the third time this is. Yeah happened and you know 
kind of whatever. But uh, so Paul and his wife end up going to a theater show and he gets approached by his journalist ex-girlfriend, Claire, who also states that he's appeared in her dream. It says, and she describes the dream. An accident happened and a friend of hers has been in it. She's holding him. And the next thing you know, Paul just kind of walks on screen and waves at her. That's it. <laughs> and so she asked to meet him for coffee because the therapist said maybe that it's just saying they have some kind of thing they got to clear up. And that's yeah. why he's popping up in her dream. So they they talk about it. And the thing that she wants to ask him about is whether or not she can write about the experience of him being in her dream, which he agrees to. Like, you know, it's like a blog. And so by doing that, I believe she linked his page because he starts getting all these messages saying from people saying that he's been in their dreams. That's um, so that's so wild. <laughs> it is. Then he gets a call from Richard, which is a colleague who holds these dinners that he's hoping to one day get invited to, but it never happened. So he thinks maybe this is it. So, you know, he calls to explain that his wife and then one of his guests, guess what? He's appeared in their dream too. Cause the guest is basically describing that she's had a dream with someone and he just doesn't do anything. He just walks on, looks weird. Who happens to look like another guest who's balding and just looks real plain. It's kind of like the running joke of the scene. And then Richard's wife says, yeah, I had the same dream with someone that we kind of know. And so the guests ask if they have a picture, they show it, and it's Paul. And it's just this crazy, crazy weird. He does absolutely nothing in the dream. He just walks up, and that's that. Then when he gets to school, his students are telling the same thing. But then they go through describing the dreams. Like one, one student says he's being chased by this weird, deformed-looking thing. He hides behind a tree and Paul just walks up admiring the mushrooms, you know, and then another student, which they show in the trailer where there's like an earthquake in the classroom. Everyone's running for their lives and he just walks up and just plain old. Just that's kind of that's basically the theme. Just everybody's having dreams with him in it. And so this newfound thing, Paul and his wife, Janet, these this fame and attention is something they're not really used to. But in their own way, they kind of try to take advantage of the situation. So Janet, she works with the museum. So there's a project, a museum project that she wanted to be a part of, but she's not. And so her boss is basically saying that because he knows her and his, her wife is, I mean, her husband is who he is. He's starting to get attention. People starting to, you know, like be a, amazed that he knows her because right. her husband is. And so she takes the advantage of saying, hey, that project at the museum, like, I'd like to be a part of, you know, just to bounce ideas and whatnot. And so she gets to be a part of that project. And then Paul ends up getting a marketing firm reaching out to him to, to make him the spokesperson for Sprite, mm -hmm. which he doesn't want to do because he wants to write this book, which he hadn't started writing. But he's trying to get it published. He's found a publisher. And so they kind of reach a middle ground. Okay, we're not going to do Sprite. We'll try to help you with your book and all this. But, you know, even his own daughter started to have a different respect because one takes a picture of him to send to a friend because they don't believe that he's her dad. <laughs> and then his youngest daughter is actually okay with him taking her to school. So positive. <laughs> Let's see. So, but then things kind of take an interesting turn when. Paul starts to become more active in these dreams. 
one person he meets wants to actually reenact her dream because it gets kind of hot and steamy in her dream. But then at that point, things kind of, you know, the highs of fame, they got to go do through the, the lows, you know, things kind of take a turn, but it's an interesting movie. Of course, Nicholas Cage is stand out. He's just kind of just going along with it. Like, you know, his life is just kind of normal. And then now all of a sudden people are making, having dreams of him, and he's just kind of going with it. Then he kind of lets it go to his head and, you know, of course, that causes problems in a lot of different areas of his life. But it's entertaining, funny, just one of those weird things like, you know, yeah. just random millions of people having dreams where you just pop up in it. <laughs> just, it's crazy. But it's A24, so there's a little A24-isms in it a little bit. But this movie was the movie that Ari Aster was originally going to direct with Adam Sandler playing the lead. But after Christopher Borgley's film, Sick of Myself, got good reviews, it encouraged Ari and A24 to let him direct his own script. And so Christopher wanted Nicolas Cage instead of Adam for the main character. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think you really could not have, they could not have gotten wrong or couldn't have gone wrong with either one. No, no. And then uh, Nicolas Cage came up with his hairdo. Which I think this is probably why he ended up bald in Butcher's Crossing. Probably did probably. this first, and but but yeah, it, it's a funny movie. I liked it. I'd, I'd recommend it. Whether you're a fan of Nicolas Cage or A24 films, right? I think this this ranks up there as one of the more interesting releases. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, never get time. Okay, coming out this week, we have four things. Yorgos Lanthimos's latest, same person that brought you the lobster, and I believe the lighthouse, or was that Ari Aster? I can never remember, but I think, I think that was Yorgos's also. Starring Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Rami Yusuf, the incredible tale about the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant unorthodox scientist Dr. Godwin Baxter, a modern-day Frankenstein tale, I believe, is kind of how it's been presented. Yeah, it's rated R, ready two runtime, two hours, twenty one minutes. It's the A twenty four movie that's not A twenty four. What appears? That's really how the A twenty four movie they let get away, right? Copying of homework, but changing it just enough. <laughs> yeah, just enough. So. Also coming out this week, if you're into animated, more anime style or Studio Ghibli style film, or if your kids are, they may enjoy The Boyd, The Boy and the Heron that is also coming out. In fact, this is Studio Ghibli. A young boy named Mahito yearning for his mother ventures into a world shared by the living and the dead. There. Death comes to an end, and life finds a new beginning. It's semi-autobiographical <laughs> fantasy from the from the mind of Hayao Miyazaki. So, I definitely be. I probably take York. I bet York will go see this with me. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. PG-13 runtime, two hours four minutes. Next, we have Eileen. A woman's friendship with a new co-worker at the prison facility where she works takes a sinister turn. With 
Thomas and McKenzie, Shea Wiggum, and so looks interesting. Rated R runtime one thirty-seven, one hour thirty-seven minutes. And then lastly, we have Fast Charlie, which I still haven't. I don't think I've seen a trailer on TV or even in the theater for this. But it's starring Pierce Brosnan as Charlie Swift, Marina Bacharin as Marcy Kramer. Also has James Gunn, or not James Gunn, James Caan. Nah, would have been interesting if it was in Toby Huss. Charlie Swift is a fixer with a problem. The thug he's whacked is missing his head, and Charlie will only be paid if the body can be identified. Enter Marcy Kramer, the victim's ex-wife, and a woman with all the skills Charlie needs. Directed by Philip Noyce. No runtime, I'm assuming, probably rated R. So, from the director of Clear and Present Danger and Salt. Oh, I just stopped at Clear and Present Danger. Yeah, <laughs> that's just me. Just me wasn't impressed with Salt. As someone who loves Salt. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Not enough of it. And that's it, man. That's what I got for this week. I think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week. We will also be having more with a lot of other great films that we've watched and we'll be getting caught up on and getting you ready for that holiday season. Yep. 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 So we hope everyone has a great week. Stay safe out there with all the holiday traffic and shenanigans that ensue with with that. Yeah. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.